The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 24th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addie Oye Jr. And joining me is host of PS I Love You XOXO, Greg Miller. That's right. See, I represent, I'm wearing my PS I Love You XOXO t-shirt. Unlike some people who sell out at the drop of a hat, Blessing. So, sell out? I'm just I'm just gaming better with Butterfinger. I don't know if people have seen this because it's not zoomed in all the way. But like, I went to the, I, I stopped by yeah. the studio yesterday. Yeah, because I, I needed to get out the house, you know, and I, I wanted to hang yeah. out at the studio just so I can work on some stuff. Uh, and lo and behold, I came across a package from Butterfinger. And within it, I had I got this sweatshirt. I got yeah. all all of these Butterfingers right wow. here. This is so how you I'm know really you're gaming, an influencer now. Better. Yeah, man. Gaming better with Butterfinger. I got uh, a I Cloud got Strife plushie. I was going to say you got your Cloud. You got your, your Sephiroth. Yeah. You, you got, get the backpack? The backpack's a nice backpack. I, oh, I got the backpack, too. They sent, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, Butterfinger sent us like 19 of these packages. <laughs> Gary Witta got one of these packages. Wait, did Gary really? I do not really understand how it? cameras work, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like reverse. So I had to figure that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got a whole bunch of stuff. And so now I'm really represented. I'm getting better with, with Butterfinger. Are you? Do you feel I'm like your skills you... are improved? Oh, 100%. Every time I get a Butterfinger, I swear I get like 10 more kills in every game wow, of Call of Duty. Damn. Yeah. Wow. It's and crazy. Sony, you're it's getting crazy. more and more kills. I've not seen you rocking any of your Butterfinger gear. What's up with that? I didn't know it was Butterfinger Day. Should I go get it? I mean, no, if no, you no. want, I'm just trying to represent. You know, Kevin, did you get did you get your Butterfinger stuff? Uh, yeah. I thought Portillo was always on his lap. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, are you rocking it right now? Uh, no, but I was I was trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you do you want to rock? If you want to get yours, I'll hold down the fort for the okay. next like. All right, I'll, I'll get mine. Wait, no, wait, actually don't leave because I actually can't rock the I can't hold down the fort. I can't be by myself here. You just talk about your feelings. The kids love that shit. Oh, the kids don't want to hear about my feelings. Ah, just tell them about your like, feelings. Especially right now because I don't know how, how, I'm, how I'm feeling right now, you know, with all the stay-at-home stuff. You know, it's been getting to me. It's been getting to me. Oh, thank God Greg is back. <laughs> I can feel it. It's like I just took a mana potion. You know what I mean? Oh, isn't this like the most comfortable sweatshirt though, like you've ever worn? It's a very cool backpack, and Butterfinger is a very delicious candy bar that I can't yeah. wait to finish the stream and have another one. I like to put I like to right? crumble them up and put them in my coffee. <laughs> Thank you again to uh, to Butterfinger at Butterfinger on Twitter. <laughs> Hashtag game better with Butterfinger. Today's stories don't include bung- Butterfinger. <laughs> and this is not a sponsorship. This is us just being morons, by the way. <laughs> Today's stories include Horizon Zero Dawn being a trilogy, 160,000 Nintendo accounts being hacked, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live, right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash Games or listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be a part of the show head to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show and of course remember this butterfinger thing and an ad is just us and so you're gonna get this butterfinger stuff patreon or not if you sent us free clothes toys and food we might eat it and talk about it it's ridiculous because like they even said ridiculous in a good way i should yeah. say because i stand by the fact this is a very nice like, back- yeah, you, we, i forgot we got, <laughs> we got this uh this controller holder uh, this controller case i yeah. didn't get a that case? Says game better with butterfinger oh, you, you didn't you get missed, this kind of it. it's got a, it's got the little uh the little like a uh, climbing hook on it too so you can put it on your backpack yeah and like be ready to go so um turns out we got I this can't. long ass cable yeah it comes with a butterfinger uh what? charging cable too yeah. why the hell did i get the shit bag with less things in it Listen, I don't know. Nick maybe went through it and gave you the bad one. I no, don't know. Maybe they no, understand you don't I play as much as I had to go to this. the FedEx. Greg, did I not tell you about this? There was a, a little postage on uh, the door uh-huh. of the studio. That actually, sure. there was like four of them stacked on there where FedEx sure. had kept trying to, to drop them off, something off. 
and it said Greg and Kevin, which I was like, that's weird. Usually it just says kind of funny or Greg or just Kevin. Yeah. So then I went and I had to go pick it up at the FedEx like depot down in South San Francisco. Of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, it was my package. It was, it was to me. It was their package. And, but they it had less it. stuff in it. And What's, I, it's been a weird I thing. Did they send you the codes either? Huh? They didn't send me the codes either. I don't want to make a big thing about it, but there was a piece of paper that was like, oh, hey, you know, you, like we wanted to send this to you as an influencer. It hadn't been stepped on. There was a shoe print on it. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt, but the Butterfinger made it feel better. I'll level with you, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first off, does Joey know while watch this show live? Do we know? Uh, no. Definitely no. not. I, 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 can, I can bet money that she's not watching this. She doesn't believe in it. We're going to read not at all. I mean, who here does believe in the show? Well, first off, you and I do, right? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, of course. I Nobody else Kevin knows, and Bless. So. Yeah. Great job, Joey. We love you. Oh, look, Kevin put his on, too. Uh, did we ever give away the DLC codes that came with this? The... Yeah, they went out with the... Um, the, with the whatever the... stream. Okay, cool. Just making sure. All right, great. Yeah. All right, thank you, okay, Joey. Bye. bye. What a, what a nice young lass she is. Too bad she didn't get a Butterfinger sweatshirt, though, right, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> they only went to the top tier gamers. That kind of funny. Us, Gary. I don't know if Tim got one. I think Andy got one because I saw oh, the Of course. I mean, Andy. You're talking about the best gamer. I, I'm not even talking about gaming better. The like five Butterfingers that I got in there were so good. Is that like, I think I only got five. Really? Yeah, I got like eight on my desk right now. And I ate some before. Did you seriously get more? So. You got more than five? Don't lie to me. Yeah, right I now. got more than five. I got way more than five. All right, Dude, I'm like, going to hit up Butterfinger. There's something's one, going on. Two. They just maybe they put you in the wrong category. Maybe you're like in the Snow Like Mike category and not the kind of funny category, you know? Yeah, that's probably it. There's way too many Butterfinger on my desk right now. Uh, now it's time for some housekeeping. We're streaming Predator Hunting Grounds today. Uh, it's kind of funny versus kind of funny at 3 p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. This is the first stream in our Ilphonic sponsorship. So look for details on how to play with us on next streams, uh, next week's streams next week thank you to our patreon producers muhammad muhammad al tribesman and blackjack today we're brought to you by brooklinen and expressvpn but i'll tell you about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have four stories today kevin you the work to game better with butterfinger all right that's your problem i just why didn't i get a little case or the wire here's the thing why was my paper stepped on why was my paper stepped on quo kevin uh how's that a division two install coming it's done oh great how about the predator install oh man it's going right now yeah but you missed the codes when i gave those away didn't you you were uh, you late know, on the it didn't two alert codes, me, and when it, Kevin, Mr. Coelho, I'd like you to answer my question. You know what's funny? It didn't alert me, and when uh, when I go to the game codes thing, it wasn't like highlighted. So maybe you like somehow sent the message with notifications off to fuck me. So not only are you not a pro gamer, you're saying you're bad at doing your day to day job and using Slack, mm. which is the backbone of our business, Mr. Mm. Coelho. Mm. I'll remind you, you're on the record. Greg Miller is making points right now. Oh, we lost Greg. He's gone now. Oh, That's whoa. Just, he's gone on the wow. call. So I guess oh, it's wait. just you, Bless. Whoa. It's just me. Are you uh, say the word. Man, we'll do the show about, right now together. Screw news. him. You <laughs> know what I mean? Bam, there oh, wow. we are. You know what I mean? Oh, man, Kevin, are you ready to talk about Rise of Zero Dawn, Kevin? Oh, my dude, I'm so ready. Let's go. Oh, man. How do you feel about a trilogy? Uh, of what now? Of Horizon Zero Dawn. This is the game on the moon, right? All right, get back to me. <laughs> Kevin looks Kevin looks adorable in that sweatshirt because he looks like a child who's like Sunday night and he just got his bath and now he's like watching Lois and Clark with his uh, parents before he goes to bed. Are you describing you? Gotcha. Story number one. Is Horizon Zero Dawn going to be a trilogy? I'm pulling this from Andy Robinson at Video Games Chronicle who writes, Multiple sources have told VGC that Sony Interactive Entertainment has greenlit ambitious plans for the post-apocalyptic open world franchise, which debuted in 2017 with the 10 million selling Horizon Zero Dawn. Amsterdam-based Guerrilla had always had desires to, de to deliver a series of Horizon games, and a multi-part script was written, but the plan was only officially agreed after the original game's strong debut on PS4. The title was both a commercial and critical success, with the team going, going on to win the 2018 BAFTA Game Award for original property. The next installment, Horizon Zero Dawn 2, started development soon after the, game's, the, the first game's successful release, sources said. Initially, the game was planned for PS4. However, it's thought that, the, that development has now entirely shifted focus to Sony's next-generation console. 
Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is said to be be gigantic in scope with a larger game world and more freedom to explore uh, explore it than its predecessor. People with knowledge of the game also indicated the inclusion of a co-op feature, although it's not clear if this is if this is delivered via the main story or a separate mode. At one point, Gorilla was was planning to release a standalone co-op game preview with progress carrying over to the later full version of Horizon Zero Dawn 2, one person involved told VGC. However, it's not clear if these plans are still in place. Co-op is a feature Gorilla has long intended to introduce to the series, and it's understood uh, PlayStation was equally keen to see online functionality implemented in the sequel. A co-op feature was initially planned for for the first game, but was ultimately scrapped so the development team could focus on other areas of the title. Horizon Zero Dawn concept art leaked online in 2014, verified by VGC, even shows initial plans to have multiple players battle the game's huge mechanical beasts. Gorilla's work on a sequel has recently recently been suggested by a series of job advertisements, which mention an open-world game featuring quests and creatures. PlayStation has even made a possible reference to how the PS5's innovative controller could impact gameplay in Horizon. System architect Mark Cerny and CEO Jim Ryan have said the DualSense's adaptive triggers will help players feel the tension of their actions, quote, like when drawing a bow to shoot an arrow, end quote. A PC version of Horizon Zero Dawn and a Horizon comic book series set after the events of the first game will be released this summer, possibly linking to the sequel. Greg, does any of this surprise you? A lot of it surprises me. I mean, not that, hey, they're making more, but the co-op stuff that they think that that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, The fact that it wasn't always aimed to be a PlayStation 5 game, right? That they were talking about how they started it uh, immediately after the last one and then had, you know, started moving that since then it's moved over to the PlayStation 5. Um, it also, I don't know, it's, it's all great news. It's all what I want to hear. You know what I mean? I don't know. The co-op stuff, I hope, uh, co-op's always weird. I hope it's not, is it going to be a lame mode that's like, uh, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you put co-op into this game and it's just some lame, oh, there's, it's very small, it's very limited, it's not cool, that sucks. If you make the entire game co-op, then inevitably one either co-op or single player suffers, and then people are mad about that. I feel mm-hmm. like I would have wanted to see them stick to a single player thing, but if it is more, because they talk about here being you know uh, it's this gigantic thing, right? There's so much more to do. It's it's even larger, or whatever, right? Gigantic in scope. Uh, if it's that way, right? Although it's not clear, if it's that way, if it's me bringing my Aloy to another person's game, if it's kind of like Peace Walker, where I went over other people's games and did stuff there, and I wasn't big boss when I was there, but I, I just looked like a grunt to them, but then they looked like a grunt to me, and it all made sense narratively, that could be cool. Yeah, I, I, that's that's definitely a big thing for me, is for for Horizon Zero Dawn, right? Like, I feel like for play, well, for PlayStation first parties in general, mm-hmm. I the place where where their big games kind of shine is being like big single player narrative adventures, right? You look at Uncharted, you look at Last of Us, you look at uh, God of War, you look at Horizon, you look at Spider Man, mm-hmm. and the thing that all these games have in common, and I think the reason why people look at PlayStation First Party as something uh, special mm-hmm. is because they are specializing in big uh, single player games, and like they're making quality quality games, right? Like you look, yeah. I, I think you look at uh, first party. Uh, games from PlayStation compared to a lot of other single player games and there's like a level of polish there's a level of of I guess focus because it is you are releasing games on one console and you're you're allowed to take advantage of the features that are specific to that console because of that you're able to to create and produce games that just work better that function better that are able to shine through and, and thus you get a game like God of War or you get a game like Last of Us that uh, come out and they are these critical successes Right, because all they really need to come out and do is come out and be excellent. Um, and they have they have place PlayStation's budget behind them. They have you know having one console uh, to develop for behind them and all that stuff. Um, that to me makes an idea of a co-op horizon interesting because that is then like diverging from that vision for PlayStation first party. Um, well, it's a, in, you talk about yeah, the vision for first party. I don't think it was a mandate by any stretch of the imagination. Right, I think it was that. <laughs> These teams are allowed to pitch games. They're allowed to come up with their ideas. They're allowed to, you know, figure out what they're passionate about and then pitch that to PlayStation and see if PlayStation will fight on it and if they're down to make that game. And I wouldn't be surprised that on the heels of Naughty Dog becoming Naughty Dog, right? You talk about Uncharted, and I'm, and I'm not taking away from Jack and Daxter, right? Or uh, anything, uh, thing, not anything, any, 
anything old Naughty Dog. Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, yeah. But when they, well, I'm taking away from that. Those seem suck. But when you go and you become the Naughty Dog that starts putting out Uncharted One, Uncharted Two, Last of Us, Uncharted, you know what I mean? Like the list goes on here of these games that are bringing them to world renown. You know what I mean in the video game industry. I think you start to have teams wonder if they could do that and what that would look like and how that would play play out. And I think especially for Gorilla, right? having so much uh, history with Killzone and so much baggage with Killzone and people feeling like Killzone was a known quantity for them to say, we really want to stretch our wings and in the first party uh, stable, uh, what is PlayStation missing? And an exclusive open world RPG did not have. And so for them to go into that and double down on that was fascinating. And then you look at, you know, Sucker Punch, uh, I think riding the infamous train as far as they could, at least, you know, coming out of PlayStation 4 and Second Son, not being a rousing success in terms of people being, you know, loving it. I think they wanted to stretch their wings and they start looking at Ghost and move on that way. I think now would be the point that people maybe also saw what Naughty was doing and want to do something like that. And now maybe they want to iterate on that. And even though I would say that, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was an iteration already, right? It's easy to sit there and be like, oh, it's another single player game with a strong protagonist. Of course, that's a PlayStation game, but mechanically quite different from Uncharted than The Last of Us. And so yeah. I think what, that's what's interesting now is like, personally, looking through this and reading about it and hearing about it, you hear co-op and I do bristle a bit because I've seen it done wrong before, but I have seen it done right. There are games that that works for. And I think it's... Uh, unfair to take the baggage i have with that and apply it to gorilla uh, you know especially with their ip if they think that's the way to go with it that's probably the way to go with it they know what they're doing yeah and i think for me the the idea of co-op actually excites me more than it doesn't because i look at horizon zero dawn and my experience with it like one of the main things i had issues with while playing horizon was the combat like i had a love-hate uh, relationship with the combat because like Part of it for me was I enjoyed the fact that it felt like I got I got to be agile and I got to uh, have a lot of choice in the way that I approached the different uh, creatures in the world, right? And I have like a I have like a big uh, uh, skill set that I can access, right? Between if yeah. I want to use my arrows or the I forget what the weapon is called, but like the machine gun uh, type weapon yeah. um, or like the grenade launcher kind of thing, right? Like it, uh, that level of freedom of choice with how you approach combat, I thought worked well, but I didn't necessarily love how the combat felt like I was applying chip damage a lot of time. And it felt like I was trying to just like chip down enemies until yeah, yeah, wear them down. Like that's not necessarily my favorite type of combat in single player, at least in a co-op or multiplayer context. I think that works way better. Um, And I, and I could see how taking down large enemies together, right. With a friend, um, especially in horizon zero dawn, like, that's that that to me can be a very fun experience if they Dude, nail like it the, the right thing way. about it with the polish of it and the focus the polish of a sony first party game right uh of a you know worldwide studios title uh then the limited scope of co-op and i'm maybe it's not but i'm saying two players playing it right and say what would now it, it's not even what would an open world rpg look like from playstation uh, playstation first party now you're saying what would monster hunter look like from a PlayStation yeah. first party and Monster Hunter is a great time, right? But it can be cumbersome. And so if you were to strip away of the a few of those things, make it uh, Monster Hunter Lite, which, of course, Dauntless uh, found a lot of success with at launch, right? Uh, um, that's the right one, right? Yep, Dauntless, yeah. Uh, I, there's, It's one of those, that game came out when there was a bunch of other D games dropping. And I was like, I think Dauntless is the one. Uh, but you're able to give that that polish and give it its scope. And, you know, obviously, I think, uh, as close as uh, Kojima and uh, Gorilla worked together uh, with the Desma engine, I bet that there could have been some really interesting conversations about how the heated co-op mm-hmm. with Peace Walker and how you would bring that over here, right? And I want to bring this up too, because in this story, we were you know, dissecting it now, but there's this paragraph here. At one point, Gorilla was planning to release a standalone co-op game preview with progress carrying over to the later full version of Zero Dawn 2. One person involved uh, told uh, VGC. However, it's not clear if those plans are in place. Blessing, that sounds a lot like Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes 2. Yeah, exactly. That that would be something incredibly interesting, right? If Because I've been saying from the jump, right, that I think Horizon uh, 2 is going to be a uh playstation 5 launch game i think it'll be their big launch game and you know this article brings up the fact there's been you know uh job listings for that which of course i remember those happening i remember reporting on them and it kind of does bring into question all right well how far along is this game then blah blah blah. what if they just did that horizon 2 isn't ready but 
we have this co-op game that is like the prequel to it that's in, bridges uh, horizon one and horizon two we're putting that that out as a launch thing for you to get a taste mm-hmm. of what we're doing that'd be crazy yeah, like I think this story lends a lot, a lot of credence to your prediction. Your prediction that you've been predicting, like over the last however long it's yeah. been, like four months, that Horizon Zero Dawn is going to be uh, at launch on PS5, right? And you've been saying Horizon Zero Dawn too, which I think still could be a possibility. But yeah, the idea that it is some sort of smaller prequel or more fo- more focused thing or a spinoff title that is there at launch in order to set up what Horizon Zero Dawn Two is going to be. Like I think you know I I, I think that could also be a slam dunk. That could also be a, a viable thing uh and work really well, especially if you're planning to make Horizon Zero Dawn two different in this way, right? Like you want to mm-hmm. kind of usher people into that and get people used to the idea of, oh wow, okay, Horizon Zero Dawn two is going to be co-op. And based off of the spin-off game we just played, that can work. Because I know, like, if they come out and announce like a, a, a co-op game for Horizon Zero Dawn two, I think off first blush, that's gonna that's gonna have some negative reaction. You know, given oh, yeah, that totally. people are people love to fight for single player games, people love to fight for the straightforward narrative, uh, like the more linear. I guess Horizon Zero Dawn is is not linear by definition because it's open world, but that type of single player experience, um, a spinoff title, you know, could fix a lot of those issues and could could right. convince a lot of people. Exactly. If you're saying, as usual, like this isn't your, we're still working on the game. This is the thing, or this is something to tide you over. This is something to celebrate the PlayStation 5 launch. This is something to, if you haven't played Horizon, get you into that world. That could work. Yeah. Frank Furter writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can, and says, Good morning, Greg, uh, Greg and Blessing. VGC News. VGC News has been uh, getting multiple reports about the new Horizon Zero Dawn game, and everything seems to be in line for a great sequel in this parent trilogy. However, there is one thing that ha- that has me worried. According to their source, this second game is going to be gigantic in scope and much bigger than the first game, while the, while the world will be more open. Take this with a grain of salt, as I haven't played the first Horizon Zero Dawn since launch. Yes, I got the platinum, Greg. But Thank the you. first game was the perfect size, if not a little uh, a little too big. At what point does the world become too big and the devs have to reel it back in? Do you want a larger world or are you afraid it will be empty? Thanks for all you do and have a great weekend, everyone. Frank Furter. I remember, as Frank Furter points out, the Horizon world being the perfect size. And I think that that's not actually tied to the size of the map. That's tied to how well Guerrilla designed that game in quest structure and where you were running and how much backtracking you were doing, you know, all that stuff. I don't think it's legitimate that, and I'm just throwing this out there, that four square miles is exactly the perfect amount of thing. And if you went to five or six or eight, that's too much. I think it's the way they used it, right? Because I remember, you know, for me personally, and I, I know it's probably a tired story, but we haven't talked about Horizon that much lately. Um, that when Horizon clicked for me was when, I had been running around, upgrading all my shit, doing all my stuff, and as I normally do, ignoring the main quest to do all the side quests. And then I got a little bit, I went and did just whatever it was for the main quest, and I was like, fuck, that was really interesting. And then all of a sudden, I was on the golden path because I wanted to see how that story went. And it was all of a sudden hard for me to then break away and go do the side stuff, and then afterwards coming back. And like that game had such poetry in motion in terms of, pushing you from one thing to the other, letting you do what you wanted to, letting you take on, you know, the Thunderjaw or whatever, or go out and try to figure out what's going on with Aloy's backstory or what happened to the people that were before them. Um, I would say, you know, Frankfurter's main thing is, you know, are you afraid it would be empty, a larger world? No, I wouldn't be because I think that if Gorilla made the move to say, hey, we're doing that, I trust them to fill out that world and use it the right way. And like, they're not saying we need a bigger world because we need more shit for people to do. They're saying we need a bigger world to facilitate the story and, you know, narrative we're building. Yeah. Like when I look at the article, right, the exact uh, phrasing they say is Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is going to be gigantic in scope with a larger game world and more freedom to explore than its predecessor. And when I think of the story of Horizon, not the literal narrative that's in the game, yeah, but the yeah. story around its release, right? It came out and then a week later you had Bre- uh, Breath of the Wild come out. And for a lot of people that then made that then made like a divide like a lot of people kind of preferred one or the other yeah yeah um because those games even though those games are fairly different they're also fairly similar right like they're single player open world games um that are all about exploration and discovery and all these different things and i think if i was gorilla right and i and i i saw that release and i saw a lot of people uh not necessarily drop off of horizon zero dawn but Mm -hmm have that takeaway after those two games come out i think i then look at zelda and i'm like and i'm like okay what are the lessons we can learn from breath of the wild just like i'm sure breath of the wild looks at horizon and other games and tries to figure out what they can improve upon um and so like when i think of when i think of 
ex- uh, freedom freedom to explore, right? That's the thing that I think Breath of the Wild kind of nailed. That's the thing mm-hmm. that I think Breath mm-hmm. of the Wild kind of did the best out of all the different elements that are in Breath of the Wild, right? Like the feeling of being able to climb anywhere, the feeling of being able to kind of go in any direction and tackle objectives, whatever you whatever way you want. Um, I think that's something that a lot of open world games and I uh, one can learn from, but then also I think we've seen quite a few open world games already learn from, right? Like even non-open world games, like we just played Ori in the in the Will of the Wisp, and that game takes certain elements of Breath of the Wild in terms of being able to choose uh, what objective you want to go go um, uh, tackle first, right? Like you know, we've seen quite a few games take that influence and run with it, and I wouldn't be surprised if Horizon Zero Zero Dawn Two has let's say a bigger map with more scope with uh with more things more to varied do, landscapes more varied landscapes and all these and all these things but also i wouldn't be surprised if it feels like less linear in terms of how you tackle sure. completing the objectives right if there was a system where they were like oh yeah you have four different tribes that are scattered across the map or something like that and you can go you can tackle uh how, how you uh complete your objectives whatever way you want like i wouldn't be surprised if that was the direction they took it um, if they took if, if they took that and then combined it with co-op in some way to make that feel like more of a seamless experience rather than a a linear open world experience if that makes sense yeah and again i mean and maybe i'm reading too much into how they're describing this and what they're talking about but if it is more of those uh, kojima influences right if it was uh the mission structure the open world structure of a metal gear solid 5 uh, phantom pain right where it is these missions you can go replay you're getting resources you're doing whatever you need to do to build up your new community i guess maybe that aloy is a part of or building out or maybe you're not even playing as aloy maybe it is completely different on that front uh there's a lot they could do with it and change and that's always the funny thing about it where i think we sit here all the time and you know you, like you're talking about all these games that have learned from breath of the wild and incorporated all that stuff Horizon Zero Dawn has to do that. Like it has to learn from every open world RPG that's come before it and maybe Monster Hunter and whatever co-op experiences they want to bring in there too. Because how many times has it happened where we go back and play a game we loved and think's great and you play it and you're like, oh, this is great, but man, it feels old. It feels stiff. It isn't doing this. There isn't this quality of life improvement. All games learn from each other and iterate and go. So like if they were to just put out Horizon 2 and have it be the exact same thing as Horizon 1, it wouldn't hold up the same way. Yeah, I think I think within the last three years, especially, there has been such a growth in open world games in a way that's actually kind of kind of interesting because you w- I don't think you would have expected it. But you look at you know Breath of the Wild, and then you look at Red Dead Redemption Two, and even though I like I I feel similar to you uh, when it comes to Red Dead Redemption Two, that game didn't necessarily uh, vibe with me personally. But yeah. there are tons of things that that game does that I think like plenty of games can learn from right like in terms of how red Dead redemption 2 put its open world together and in terms of how uh systemic it was like i i would love 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 for horizon zero dawn game to come out and for it to be more of a systemic game rather than uh more like i'd want it to be narrative for sure i'd want i want to get this uh, the same level of story from as horizon zero dawn one but i'd also love to see it be like yeah no tackle things how you want yeah no like uh, I spent a ton of time, you know, because I recently played Horizon Zero Dawn. And I talked about it in one of the first episodes of PS to Love You. And I spent a lot of the time, like, just farming resources, right? Because that's a big part of that game. It's like Far Cry. You're going around, you're, you're hunting, you're doing all yep. that stuff, right? Like, I'd love for bigger and better systems to kind of build on top of that. And for uh, them to really look at, like, okay, what is, what is the, the, um, uh, the gameplay flow? The, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, for how a game plays like yeah the like the, the kind of the the loop yes the gameplay yeah, yeah, loop. gameplay you. loop yeah what it like what is the what is the loop of this game right how are we how are we making player like what what are players experience coming into this game in a day right you go in yeah. not that there's dailies or anything but you look at your inventory what you need what you want to what what you want to fetch what you want to do do all that stuff and then you go in and you do it like i would love for horizon zero dawn to to build something like that yeah um if there was yeah. a reason to come back to Horizon Zero Dawn every day, right, or you know, Horizon Two every day, it, yeah. and, and again, if it was doing the Peace Walker idea, right, of you're going out grinding even long after the story's done, you're building a community, you're sharing resources. Yeah, I don't know. You're, I, there's so much stuff you could do in there that I don't know necessarily excites me when I say I start pitching it because I'm pulling from other games that I didn't care about, right? Of like you're building up your clan, you know, or whatever your tribes. Uh, you know defenses and there can be some asynchronous attacking and shit like that like i don't know it's something that could happen but it is it, it's you have to wonder how much they want to tinker with it because it is don't fix what isn't broken right like don't yeah. get in there and try to complicate it and make it totally not horizon anymore but 
I think you can have a horizon feeling game that does have two players in it. Story number two, Greg. Nintendo confirms 160,000 Nintendo accounts have been accessed in hacking attempts. I'm pulling this from Tom Warren at The Verge, and this is something that we talked about. Let me check mine right now. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend if you have a Nintendo account, maybe check it to make sure that it's good. Um, this is the thing we talked about a couple days ago. I think it was me and Imran. We, or it was either me and Imran or me and Tim, but um, this story was breaking earlier this week, and now, yeah, Nintendo has commented on it. Uh, the Verge writes... Nintendo is disabling the ability to log into a Nintendo account through a Nintendo Network ID or NNID uh, after 160,000 accounts have been affected by hacking attempts. Nintendo says login IDs and passwords, quote, obtained illegally by some means other than our service, have been used since the beginning of April to gain access to the accounts. Nicknames, date of birth, country, and email addresses may have been accessed during the breach, and some accounts... Uh, have experienced fraudulent purchases. Nintendo is now recommending that all users enable two-factor authentication. That's something you should you should be using for all your online accounts. Passwords are now being reset for affected accounts, and Nintendo is disabling the ability to log into a main Nintendo account through NNID. These older NNIDs were used for 3DS and Wii U Wii U devices. Nintendo's Ooh, latest Switch console God, uses I didn't newer Nintendo use those at all. System. I don't worry about that. Yeah, same. Uh, the Nintendo's latest Switch consoles use, uh, uses a, a newer Nintendo account system, which until today could be linked uh, to these older accounts. Affected users will be will also be notified via email, and the company is warning that if you use the same password for an NNID and Nintendo account, then your balance and registered credit card slash PayPal may be illegally used at my Nintendo store or Nintendo eShop. Reports earlier this week suggested that uh, that some accounts had been breached and people had been using them to buy uh, digital items like bundles of Fortnite V-Bucks. Nintendo is asking affected users to, to contact the company so it can investigate the purchase history and cancel purchases. Greg, this is, uh, this is a bad look. It's unfortunate. Hey, man, it's the world we live in. Everybody's hacking everybody. Everybody's trying to get in there all the time. It's Watch Dogs 2 out here. Exactly, exactly. People were just driving by doing their little things. Then you got Rami Ismail. You know what I mean? Rami Ismail? What, what, is know. he even watchdogs? No, no, no. He, I'm making the reference to... I said Rami Ismail, of course, the, our friend from Flame Beer. But it's Rami Malik who's actually in uh, that okay. thing. That's what made me laugh. Kevin, thanks for no help on this. You were there on there, the show. There are that. a lot of layers to that joke, and I, I thought I knew what you were referencing, but I didn't know I'm how sorry, what? Rami Ismail. We were making the screencast joke again with the hacking of... The, the Mr. Robot? I don't know what you're I talking. I hate you, Kevin. Just go back to watch. You know exactly what it is. It's when his like his, his face got red because he was laughing so hard on screencast. One of the best gifts of me all the time. It doesn't matter. We've you know, never Kevin's had you on screencast. Kevin's not a fan. All right, <laughs> he doesn't like kind of funny content. Right. Uh, make sure to check your Nintendo accounts to make yeah, sure. Yeah, be on top of it. Right? <laughs> be on top of that because 160,000 Nintendo accounts is a lot. Story number three, WWE has confirmed that there's no WWE 2K21 coming this year. I'm pulling this from Matt Kim at IGN who writes, WWE confirmed in today's first quarter earnings call that WWE 2K21 has been canceled. During a Q&A, WWE interim chief, every time I say WWE, it sounds weirder and weirder. Uh, the interim chief financial officer, Frank Riddick, revealed, quote, there's not going to be a launch of a game this year, end quote, when asked about a new WWE 2K title. The confirmation follows rumors that WWE 2K21 was canceled this year. There's been some turbulence with the WWE 2K series after WWE 2K20 was panned by critics for its poor performance, numerous glitches, and bugs. Developer Visual Concepts also took over the WWE 2K series after longtime Japanese developer Yuke's announced it would depart from the series to work on its own wrestling game. We'll learn the future of the WWE 2K series, as well as some unspecified WWE game news on Monday. The WWE <laughs> games... I'm sorry. It's, it's in WWE your head now, right? You can't hard... get away from it. Yeah, I can't get away from it. And the fact that I can hear my own voice in my headphones is making it even like amplify more. Um, WWE. The, the WWE Games Twitter account announced the news saying, we learn, uh, we learn more on April 27th at 7 a.m. Pacific. The post reads, quote, we will be sharing details on the future of WWE 2K franchise as well as some exciting news on Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Rumors from earlier this month also pointed to the release of a non-SIM WWE game of some kind. It remains to be seen whether that uh, whether that's what will be announced. Greg Miller, Hi. WWE fan number one. That's me. Um, game one, sure. the cancellation of 2K21 doesn't really surprise us, I don't think. 
I mean, it doesn't surprise us because we you heard rumors of it already, yeah, have, right? And we saw the whole yeah. thing with Ukes, which was crazy enough that Ukes walked off and how and what a uh, like what a bitter divorce that was when you read the comments Ukes made and all this different stuff. So no, it, right now it's not surprising. I mean, again, I think on paper it is fucking mind blowing that there won't be a WWE uh, sim game out this year or next year. You know what I mean? Or no, this year, right? The fall. Uh, that's crazy when you. I mean, you think about it. And I've talked about it, you know, a million times. So like wrestling games have been such a part of my. I don't even know video game history, right? In terms of like them being the annual thing, not so much in recent years. The annual thing, though, that as a fan, when I was on the outside, I was fucking skipping school and taking days off and like sitting home to play those games, right? And then, of course, when I moved to IGN, Dunham gave me the the reins on that, so I covered. I mean, what every not every, but a majority of the SmackDown versus Raws that that I I was there for for my eight years or whatever. In some respect, doing it and then into WWE two Ks and everything else like that, like it's nuts to think that yeah there's no not one happening which then gets me excited for what this april 27th announcement is yeah so what do you think it's going to be and do you think that it is going to be a new game this year like a uh, whether it is like a wwe all-stars type of game or some kind of spin-off like arcadey wrestling game like what, what what's your take on it i do think it is that's been the rumor as matt Kim points out rumors from earlier this month also pointed the release of a non-sim wwe game of some kind um I think that's what this is going to be. This will be the announcement of it. I think this is trying to soften the blow of, hey, we had to say there's no 2K, but we obviously we are still WWE games. We want to make sure that there's something out there. I can only imagine what kind of financial toll or you know, when you do a contract like this, right? When you sign over, uh, hey, we're going to do a licensing deal with you, WWE, we're going to make your games, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure in the, the agreement with WWE and 2K, w, WWE has it that you have to deliver a wrestling game every year or we're mm-hmm. owed this much money or there's whatever kind of thing. So it's crazy to think that they're probably taking that they are eating something here because of WWE 2K uh, falling apart, at least for you know 20, obviously, and performance-wise. Uh, and so, yeah, this one, I think that this has to be them announcing the game. Is it coming this year? I hope so, which, again, then makes me think that hopefully it is something more akin to going back to what everybody wants, and that's a no mercy, right, or a, w, a wrestling WrestleMania 2000 or WCW and WWO Revenge. Obviously, not from those teams, but something that quote unquote basic, where it is like strong grapple, weak grapple, strong strike, weak strike, you know, taunt, finisher. Like that's what people want mm-hmm. from these games. That's what people loved. And when you talk about the most beloved wrestling games, for the most part, those are the ones everybody brings up. Obviously, there's here comes the pain, uh, just bring it stuff for SmackDown games. But I think, especially in a year where you're not going to put out that banner one. It'd be cool to get back to something like that. And, and it's always complicated because I feel like when they say, oh, it's not going to be a sim game, right? That's when you get your WWE All-Stars or your Legends WrestleMania. And it is over the top. The bodies look like action figures. People are slamming seven stories up and coming back down. They're like, I don't want you to go that far. I don't want it to be arcade. I just want it to be basic. Mm-hmm. But do I don't think, know. Yeah, it's happening on my birthday. Get that, though? I, like, I don't think we'll be that lucky that on my birthday we get, hey, here's this uh, great looking wrestling game. Yeah. Cause if I, I mean, if I had to guess on what this announcement might be, like my, my mind immediately goes to like probably like a, some kind of card game that like a, like a free to play thing or something like, like they can scrap together quickly, like a WWE cart racer or something. The, like, the phrasing of it's interesting, right? Where the WWE Games Twitter account said on April 27th, we'll be sharing details about the future of WWE 2K franchise as well as some exciting news on Monday. So they've already shared the news that there's not a 2K game this year, which makes me then say that like it could be exciting in quotes, but honestly kind of boring. And it could be that on April 27th, it's like, we're proud to announce that WWE 2K 2022, right? Well, yeah, will be made by whatever developer it's going to be. Like Mm -hmm. it could just be that. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes this uh, heartbreaking story. It could be that. And then they put tack on it as well as some exciting news. The exciting news could be that also we're working on this, you know, arcadey wrestling thing that isn't sim based and is the, you know, everybody you want and everything else. But imagine if they just came out and said, somehow we did it. And here's no mercy. We've here's remastered. Again. Oh my God. God, what I have a fucking freak out. Bless. BJ yeah, I don't Bernardo want to get my hopes in. up for anything, but whatever. BJ Bernardo writes in and says, hi y'all, Greg, I don't hear you get hyped for the WWE 2K games. So that's led me to some questions. You- uh, have you lost interest in the WWE 2K series? What would bring you back? Or is the franchise too far gone and there are too many great games out there that it's hard to think about what would even bring you back? Do you no longer smell what The Rock is cooking? Is this rock bottom for 2K? <laughs> are you still just a sexy boy, not a boy toy? Thanks, BJ. 
Greg. BJ, I'll always uh, be a sexy. Why are you so? Why are you stone cold, Greg? Damn, fuck, man. You got you got these things. You right? know what I mean? It's yeah, like man. your D Generation X. Thing. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I fall. I fell off WWE 2K. If you remember, like when I was reviewing them, obviously I was reviewing them, and then when I wasn't reviewing anymore, I would still play them. Then it became that I'd play them on like basically launch night. Then it would be that I'd like me and a friend, uh, my friend Sean, would come over and we put, and it was like this whole thing of like slowly winding down. And the problem that ground me down on it was the same thing that grinds everybody down on them. I think is like putting in the new game for that year and finding it to be just like last year. You know what I mean? Like it, it was always that, oh, we're bringing back story mode or we're doing this. We used to do streams on kind of funny from the spare bedroom, right? On launch night of where I'd make a wrestler and then try to go through it. And it was like, okay, this is moving slow and the RPG system isn't what I want. Okay. Well, and it was just like, it is that thing too of it, the more complicated they've gotten. I think I feel the less fun they've gotten because they are trying to be this sim thing and do these different things. Whereas when we were limited on the N64 and you would be, you would make a wrestler that was good enough. That was close enough. That was what you wanted it to be enough and then go out and have a great time with it. Whereas this one, I'm the kind of person that gets in there and I'm like, fuck the faces. And I'm trying to use that stupid face capture thing where I'm sending in photos, the 2K website, and I'm putting them through the thing. It's just like, oh, God, like you're it's not even uh, Uncanny Valley, right? Because it's like, no, this isn't good enough. It looks like it should be, but it's not good enough. And I'm not like, all that kind of shit. Um, but yeah, what would bring me back to the 2K series? Like, I'm, I it, it'll be interesting who I want to see it blown up. I want to see them start new. I want to see them say with this now, what basically two years of development time more like 18 months probably, but Hey, we're not starting from scratch. I guess obviously it's going to look, it's we're going to try to make it look like television. We want you to look at this thing and understand what you're doing, but to go in there and make the system more fluid, right? Cause it was the other thing too, of like the way animations uh, were going in the 2k series where you're doing it, but you're pl- it's already playing out and it's you, people are, it, it was just like, I don't know how to reinvent the wrestling game in a way that gets me excited other than giving me the retro feel I want, but not going super, super retro, right? Even like uh, when Fire Pro came out uh, last year? Two years ago, maybe? Yeah. It's time so weird. I want to say 2018. Okay. But when it came out and I was playing that, like I was super into it, remember? And I made all of kind of funny and I was all about it. And then they put out a patch. I had it like a week or two before launch. They put out a patch for day one that, locked all my shit and i had to I start over and i never started over because i was like oh i put in like four really hard days of making cool greg and us and all this stuff and so like even that system has a complication to it and it doesn't have the visual style i want from it like i just want them to f- suck it up and be like we're making an n64 game modern and we're gonna do that and i know you can't because of licensing and everything else and who the developers are and yada yada go back and get no mercy and actually do an hd no mercy but that's what i want and so just ba- building in that thing would be cool if whatever the next 2k series game is if it is that hey we've really learned from our mistakes it is totally different we're giving you a better story mode a better create mode or you know uh, general manager mode like I'd, I'd pop in and look at it again but Still, I think as somebody who doesn't watch product all that often, like I'll still pop over, obviously, for pay-per-views and I'll see when Austin's in town, we'll go see Xavier do stuff like that'd be cool. But like sometimes when you're in the nitty gritty of it and I don't know who these people are, it's hard to get excited for it. Mm. Long winded answer to say, I really don't know, but I want to see something from the ground up. Fire Pro Wrestling came out uh, in 2017. Holy shit. Three fucking years ago? Yeah, which makes time really feel like a flat circle. Jeez Louise. That feels like it wasn't that long ago. Because it was Fire Pro Wrestling World, right? That was the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but now, oh, wow. you know, are we? Mm, it was a stagger oh, where it was on PC it, first, then it came to PlayStation Four. You're right. It was in. It came out Steam early access in 2017 in July, okay. and then in August 2018 it came to PS4. Gotcha. So you're right, actually. That that makes sense. Perfect. Story story number four. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 is finally streamlining a realm reborn. I'm pulling this from Jade King at Trusted Reviews, who writes: Square Enix has announced that major changes will be coming to Final Fantasy 14: A Realm Reborn in a future patch, finally streamlining early parts of the MMORPG. The big changes were announced and detailed in today's live letter featuring the game's developers, who have been teasing the realm the A Realm Reborn revamp for a number of months now. Large, large portions of A Realm Reborn have grown infamous due to their, their sluggish pacing and lack of engaging content, largely due to its initial development schedule lacking time and resources. Now Square Enix aims to change it for the better. Changes will be implemented from patches 2.0 through uh, to 2.5, eliminating parts of the quest lines seen as tedious while, uh, while providing players a more engaging variety of quests at a more frequent pace. Game director Naoki Yoshida expanded on this in an interview with Trusted Reviews back in 2019. Quote, uh, 
Between patches 2.1 and 2.3, there are so many side quests required for MSQ, which is the main quest, that it takes that it makes players exhausted. Even if you cleared it, it's still a long way to 2.5, so people might be discouraged and end up lapsing out, end quote. This is good news. Um, I a couple years ago, I tried playing Final Fantasy XIV. I think I mentioned that quite a few times on shows. Yeah. And I definitely fell off in the early areas of the game because it did kind of feel sluggish in the ways that uh, I've seen described in the article and, and described online. And so uh, to see that they're streamlining it, you know, looks good. Uh, sounds good. I saw quite a few people that I follow, like Michael Hyam from GameSpot loves, loves, loves Final Fantasy XIV. And I saw him being like, okay, now you guys have no excuse not to play this game. <laughs> and so good for them. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you want to talk about a success story like Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm Reborn, right? And how I remember when I wasn't following it, when it, it came out and did what it did, nobody cared about it. And then they were like, basically, we're going to remake the game and put it back out. Uh, IGN had some sponsorship with them where Destin and I went over there and spent a day playing and making videos or whatever. And it was that thing of like, oh, my God, like, this is cool. This is great. I do. I am enjoying what I'm playing here. Right. And I'm, I, you know, a million other things to play and never went back to it. It's just not a world I'm super into. But the fact they were able to do that, the fact that it's still in the news, not even right now because they're like doing a mea culpa. It's in the news positively in updates and people still playing it. People in this industry still digging it and wanting to be a part of it. That's crazy. So if they're making it easier to get into, that's awesome. Greg, I'm so excited to see what the future of Final Fantasy 14 is. Tell that future really. is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? You'd go to the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. We're all it's gaming so hard better to with Butterfinger. When I got all these Butterfingers in oh front of me. Oh my God, how can you focus? You know what I mean? I know, right? They're just calling my name. I can't believe they send you more Butterfingers than they sent me. I mean, did you, like, how much? How, like, did you talk about Final Fantasy VII on Twitter? You know, did you, like... I mean, they you, also didn't send me better? Final Fantasy VII. Wait, did they not? No. <laughs> what did they just... Did, did they not sign your paper that it's in your email? Uh, yeah, they, yeah, I did get one of those papers. That was the paper that was stepped on. Mm-hmm. And, uh... And that paper, it says that you should have been emailed. Well, yeah, but, game. like, you can say something and then not do it. Like, send out the email. That's... <laughs> hashtag game better with butterfinger uh out today we got trials of mana for ps4 switch and pc predator hunting grounds for ps4 and pc oh man this is an interesting one arcade archaica the path of light for ps4 xbox one switch and pc uh quest hunter for xbox one doug hates his job for Love xbox one deliver us to the moon for ps4 xbox one switch and pc quern Undying Thoughts for Xbox One, War Theater for Xbox One, Sunless Sea Submariner Edition for Xbox One. Did you not read that one yesterday? I feel like I, like I read one. it yesterday. Yeah, no, I read it yesterday. Maybe, yeah, maybe it came out twice. Spuds <laughs> Unearthed for PS4, Naruto Shippuden uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, Road to, Bur- Road to Boruto for Switch, uh, Debtor for Switch. That's like Debt, Debtor, Debtor, Debtor uh, for Switch. Guard Duty for Switch, Geo Rifters for Xbox One, Mira for PC, Mushroom Cats 2 for PC, and One True Cuddle is out today for PC. Uh, we have no new dates for you, but we do have a couple of deals of the day. Uh, this comes from Bandai Namco on Twitter. They tweeted today, we're asking fans to do their part and have hashtag more fun for everyone at home. To lend a hand, we're sending our goodwill amb- ambassador, Pac-Man, into every house by making Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 free from April 24th to May 10th. So jump on that. I just claimed it on both Xbox One and PS4. So oh, covering the bases. Too. Oh, yeah, I'm covering the bases. Well, I, I claimed it on, on Xbox One because it wasn't up for PS4 yet. And so I was gotcha. like, just so I don't forget to have it on something. And then later on, I figured out that if you just put the PS4 version in your cart, that should make it free, even, if, even though it says $12.99 on the homepage. And so gotcha. go check that Great out, game. claim it, play it. Great game. And then Total War Shogun 2 will be, will be free to keep on Steam from Monday, April 27th until Friday, May 1st. Now it's time for Reader Mail. You can write into patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooke Linen. Bringing comfort into your home is the ultimate form of self-care. Now, more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself and each other. You spend one-third of your life in sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? So put comfort first, like with new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Home of the internet's favorite sheets, Brooklinen's got over 50,000 plus five-star reviews and counting. And starting April 25th, Brooklinen is, save- Brooklyn is having their biggest sale yet 
the birthday sale. Get everything from bedding to towels to loungewear and more at savings you wouldn't believe. Brooklyn and products help you find the comfort in the little things, morning routines, extra soft sheets, plush towels, etc. Folks here are kind of funny use Brooklyn and sheets and can confirm they're insanely comfortable. Isn't that right, Greg? I love my Brooklyn and sheets. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Like softness? comfort essentials to help you relax brooklinen has it all brooklinen.com is the perfect place to find all the comforts for your home and they're so confident in the product that all their sheets comforters loungewears and towels come with a lifetime warranty the birthday sale kicks off april 25th and you don't want to miss it get their biggest saving get their biggest savings of the year on sheets bedding towels loungewear and their newest hemim and linen collections and if you can't wait you can get 10 percent off your first order and free shipping on all the new sheet right now when you use promo code games only on brooklinen.com that's b-r-o-o-k-l-i-n-e-n.com we're also brought to you by expressvpn we all know how expressvpn protects your privacy and security online but Here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Now that so many of us are, st- are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time until you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Let me tell you guys, I just finished Ozark Season 3. I've finally caught up. And let me tell you, man, that was an amazing season of television. But it's over now for me, and I have nothing to watch. Maybe ExpressVPN can help. Uh, what if I could spend the whole week binging Doctor Who on UK Netflix? Well, it's so simple and easy to do. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and that's it. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. So just think about all the Netflix libraries you can have access to. Love anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. That's Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the the reason we suggest ExpressVPN to watch shows is it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media, consoles, uh, smart TVs, and more. So you can watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen wherever you are. If you visit this special link right now at expressvpn.com slash games, you can access three months or you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN uh, for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash games. Greg. Blessing. You look great in this sweatshirt, by the way. Thank you. So do you. I think we're both we're we're both uh killing it in this way. The problem is since we're both wearing it and we're gonna game better with Butterfinger this afternoon on this Predator stream, mm-hmm. is it an unfair advantage? Like Nick won't have it, so clearly we're gonna destroy him. Tim doesn't even know how to play a video game. Andy, I worry Did, about I'm sure know, I'm sure Tim too. and Andy got the got the packages though. Like that's all smart enough, enough to wear it. Do they understand the power that's, inside see, of this? To me, that's not unfair. To me, that's just us playing the game. This is right. us getting better with Butterfinger hashtag game better with Butterfinger at Butterfinger on Twitter. Thank you guys for the for, the, for all the stuff. <laughs> uh the just writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can. It says, Hi blessing, Greg. After listening to this week's game game cast, I was thinking, can we start to redefine what game of the year means when it comes to awards? Before it's always felt like the most graphically impressive, well-written story, pushing the medium forward, etc. Uh, win. But should that still be the case? What about having the most cultural impact on the year? Um We've all de- we've all determined that this year will basically be written off because many pe- because of all the shit happening. But one game has really united so many people: Animal Crossing. I haven't played it, but I can absolutely recognize its cultural impact on being the new medium uh, for us all to socialize while we're stuck indoors. When the year is done with, and we and and we are and we are hopefully beginning to ramp up back to normalcy, do you think that cultural impact will be enough to win games like Animal Crossing Game of the Year, even if it doesn't do what we previously identified as being reasons to vote for vote a game as Game of the Year? Thanks, the nanobiologist. Well, I think, you know, Game of the Year in general is a question that comes down to personalities, your person, your, your personality, and then if you're voting in it, your outlet and how you guys define it. I don't necessarily agree with Nano that, it, uh, you know, before it always seems like it's the most graphically impressive, well-written story, pushing the medium forward, et cetera. Like, oh, well, I guess I do agree with that, but I also don't think that Animal Crossing is disqualified from that. And I think that he, he puts this et cetera there. I think cultural impact would be a part of it. But I do think that I don't I, I don't I don't think you have to do something groundbreaking. I guess I do. 
It's the wording of I, I guess it's the wording of it, and then it's paired with thinking Animal Crossing I, I, doesn't do that. Yeah, because I think a problem that I think I've had with Game of the Year over the years is that I think there's this perception that it has to be games that are big, narrative, graphically intense, single-player games, sure. right? Like, you look at games like uh, like God of War or The Last of Us or Uncharted uh, 4 or, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, like... I think there's a certain profile that we give to game of the award ga- or game of the war game of the <laughs> game of the year uh win- winning games <laughs> Jen is in the background right, is that Jen or Lucy That's one of them in the she's background very bored apparently today I, she, she walked in and went <laughs> hello she usually doesn't want to be on camera and she's just yelling and dancing in the background <laughs> um but there's I think there's a certain profile that we that we give to game of the year games that I don't necessarily think has to be the case right like Animal Crossing in terms of like if we're talking about graphics, right? Like in terms of art art style and look, right? Like Animal Crossing, I think has a fantastic look. It, like it nails yeah. art style, right? Yeah. Like especially on the on the like just when you look at the Switch upgrade compared to the 3DS game, right? Like that game oh, yeah. looks pretty. That game looks beautiful. If yeah. you want to talk talk about writing, right? Like writing differs from game to game. What's great writing for God of War is going to be different uh, for what's great writing for Animal Crossing. And sure. I don't I haven't played enough Animal Crossing to know like if the writing is fantastic. But you know like. I, I think there are you kind of have to look from game to game and figure out what games are doing uh, to exceed in what in what they're trying to be. Um, I agree with this cultural impact thing though that he's talking yeah. about here and like uh, how it's. But I think that that was already part of it, and I think it's one one of the reasons you ran into the biggest uh, conversations about well, can an, a game that got released and not this year be game of the year, right? And that was mainly, I think, for most of those conversations uh, around Minecraft or Fortnite, something that had this lasting power and also, in Fortnite's c- case, changes dramatically and is only getting bigger. Like, mm-hmm. having to weigh that and decide, is that still eligible for game of the year or is it not, made people start to get a little bit looser about what it was. Because I remember, you know, how rigid the rules were at IGN. And even, I mean, you know, we've been lucky enough to be a voting outlet for the Game Awards uh, since uh, we went independent in 2015. And even seeing those rules lessen a bit to where it is just like, it's the game people are playing. It doesn't need to have come out this year. Like, it has to be eligible to be released, but that includes. And like, seeing people toy around with ongoing categories versus overall categories. I do think that Animal Crossing has a shot at it and has a good shot i to nano's question I, it's funny i like i like doing these things where these thought exercises and i know i don't know if they make for great podcasts where i come in and i start to disagree with the question and i'm like well i guess i'm agreeing with it in the long run and then going and going around and having these thought exercises but it is that thing that animal crossing for some will be lo- overlooked and i th- and i talked about this on gamescast briefly i think it'll be overlooked by for some because of the fact that it is more animal crossing that's always the hard thing with the sequel right but when you're talking about cultural impact, I don't think that can be overlooked. And I also don't think that even if you're going to sit there and say, yeah, it's just more Animal Crossing, you can overlook the way they're updating and the way they're keeping it current in a very non-Nintendo way, right? Of having these big drops, consistent drops, the Easter Bunny event, then now into Earth Day, then into uh, wedding season, then into, like there's so much stuff happening in there right now that is not how they normally do it. And to see how they do that throughout the rest of the year will be fascinating. And to see then, you know, not to, uh, I guess, promote our shit, shit or toot our own horn or anything, but like to see what we did last night on Twitch for the Animal Crossing Grimecraft stream, right? Where it was Grimecraft doing a concert in Animal Crossing on our channel for Kind of Funny Best Friends. Like that was, I've, I've played games a long time and I've, you know, been an internet personality a while too. And that was something incredibly unique and special last night to be in there interviewing grimy at times then just dancing in there to be chatting with the chat about what's shooting the shit about what's going on to have this organic thing of like we made our own concert merch but then somebody showed up and made bootleg concert merch but then we all wanted that merch so we went to the he went and posted it in the able sister store so we all ran over there and got it it was like this organic thing again and like to nano's point of this cultural impact of how i think so many of us are having a great time with that game because we can't go out there and see our real friends in the normal way to go in there and dance with Joey, to go in there and have these experiences with the shirt, to go in there and shoot the shit with Grimy and everybody else. Like that game is something special and it is more than the usual animal crossing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm of a few minds with it because I think for me, when we're talking about game of the year, game of the year is such a malleable thing and it it differs from outlet to outlet. What it's really going to come down to. I think the, the fear for me for, well, I think part of why we need it, why we should include cultural impact is because of cases like that, right? You look yeah. at Animal Crossing and you're like, you can't overlook this, right? You look at Fortnite and you're like, you can't overlook this. At, at the same time, like, I think 
my fear is do we get to a point where then game of the year turns into a, a popularity contest you sure, know like i sure. when i think of my favorite games of the last few years right i think of games like near automata or hitman 2 or undertale or hellblade and these are games that aren't the most popular games right these games aren't performing at, at least like commercially at the same level as Fortnite or uh animal crossing and all these other games but is 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 that a reason for them not to be looked at like with the same with the same lens because they're not performing because they're, they're doing something that's more like that's my mm-hmm. thing is for me it always comes down to you know i always say like the classic argument was where at the very end at an ign argument i voted for journey after having pushed so hard for the walking dead to get on the ballot and it was between the walking dead season one and journey and i was like for me game of the year is this is the best our industry can do right and to look at the walking dead and how it ran and how it was eating people's saves and how it would chug or crash here i was like I can't say that about this game. Journey is a better overall package, right? And I do feel Mm -hmm. like that could still happen. I think the reason, you know, Nier didn't win more Game of the Year awards in the year it was uh, out there was just the fact that Nier was clunky in spots. Nier wasn't like, and this is going to be different for every person, but I don't think it was the best package put together. And I think that the best package can be a, uh, a 45 minute iPhone game and it can be a 45 hour RPG and you can find those on different years. And I think that, Animal Crossing has the bones on the meat on the bones to be the best package of the year to be the best we could do in video games this year. And it would be a very different best than usual. Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally still push for the idea of separating a game of the year award and then like having a secondary category be either like best game or maybe we just make that best direction or whatever it may be uh, to to uplift the games that are that we do look at sure. as like the best packages, right? Like, because because I I like the conversation of what is the game that means the most to this year. Because right now, I think if we do game of the year game of the year awards, I think Animal Crossing is probably going to win most of them. Um, it, it's it's going to be split between Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy VII, basically. Yeah. If, if game of the year happened right now, mm-hmm. uh, and I think there's an argument for both, right? And I think the arguments are different, but I could I could understand why people would go for both. If we're talking about game of the year, if if we if we looked at it as more of a person of the year kind of like time magazine or people of sure. year what, or whatever they called it right like i think that conversation is conversation is as interesting as a what is the game that performed the best this year what is the game that 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 is doing the most with with how it's pushing forward the medium doing the most with how it's pushing forward technology or, or mm-hmm. social messaging or, or or whatever it may be i think i think those two separate mes- separate uh categories can coexist and ke- can be interesting together in a way where like untitled goose game after after playing it at this point i'm like i don't i would not say this game is the best game of last year by any means but i i can understand why you would say this that this could be the game of the, it had year, the best ter- year yeah like in, like, in terms the, of like goose the conversation owned, yeah he owned the conversation and memes and halloween costumes yeah yeah and so I, I i think there's i think there's room for game of the year to evolve and what that looks like to evolve and i'm I kind of want to see it evolve and see it change a bit because you know I think I think all the conversations that are happening around it are are valid from all all the things I heard. Um, so there you go. You're in charge of planning your game of the year this year, then. Sweet, dude. I'm totally down. Good. But like, I might. I'm if I'm doing it, I might put my foot in it because like I, I I like to listen. I put my foot in it in terms of like might go all the way. Um, because like would, I listen to like a lot of the the Giant Bomb podcast game of the year. I wouldn't want right. to do that because yeah. they're you want like, inst- a podcast for a week for, for eight hours a eight day. hours at a time. No, I don't want to do that. But I would love for us to like sit down and figure out like what like do we want to do categories? Like what does kind yeah. of funny game of the year look like? Yeah, now yeah that we it. have like us and Imran and Tran and Andy. Yeah, you know, Andy didn't come last year, so yeah, we have to bring him this year. Yeah, I don't know about Andy wearing his blue sweatshirt right now. I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, now it's time to squat up. Of course, this is where you write in. Let us know uh, what you want to play. Who you want to, or not who you want to play with, but let us know what you want to play so you can get people to play with. Uh, Matt Tice writes in with a squat up on Xbox One and says, "Dear Blessing and Greg, I hope you're both having a great day. My name is Matt Tice from uh, Netherlands, and I recently relo- relocated to Asia. Because of the time difference, I am no longer able to play Trials over Cyrus in Destiny 2 with my regular squad. So I am looking for two people who preferably also live in Asia that want to play." Uh, trials of osiris as a regular team on a regular basis i take it quite serious sometimes and always aim to go flawless so know what you're getting yourself into 
send me a message on Xbox if you're interested. My gamer tag is uh, M-A-7-H-I-J-S. Kind regards, Matt Heiss. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I had to look it up. Um, and, <laughs> I had to look it up. Yeah, I did have to look it up. It said Matt Heiss, and so um, there you go. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you can let us know what we get wrong as we get it wrong. Uh, Timmy Buddy wrote in and said, speaking speaking on a game like No Mercy, uh, it has been heavily teased by Kenny Omega that he has talked to AKI, who developed No Mercy, for the all-elite wrestling game they're trying to get started. Uh, so that's some more context on what's going on in the world That'd of wrestling. Be, I mean, if that, uh, you and I would fucking die. I would fucking die if AEW is like, all right, cool, we're we got it, we got AKI, and we're making, <laughs> they're making our game, and it just looks like a souped up No Mercy. I would fucking die. Let's see. Elbaj says this ARR story is old. That was first August eighth, twenty nineteen. What are you talking about? ARR? What's that? A uh, Realm Reborn. Oh, Realm Reborn. Well, there you go. Um, and then Kebab says it's Times Man of the Year. I thought it's they had like a person time. of the year. Or do they do man of the year and woman of the year? I thought they did person of the year. I thought they did person of the year also, or people of the year. Because wasn't it like, I thought like one of the, one of the previous years, it was yeah, just no, like a group of Trump people. was person of the year. So kebabs, break it off and fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah, kebabs. Yeah, here, person uh, of the year, called man of the year or woman of the year until 1999. Well, kebabs, welcome to the 21st century. Yeah, welcome to the 21st chauvinist. century. We're progressive. We're all people. Everybody. All right. Here. Our sex and gender doesn't define us anymore. You Facts. sicken me. Tell him, Greg. Uh, <laughs> the host for next week go like this. On Monday, it's me and Tim. Tuesday, it's me and Emron. Wednesday, it's Greg and Gary. Thursday, it's Greg and me. And Friday, it's me and Timothy uh, De La Gettys, which is his new nickname. Now. Wow. You, <laughs> I don't know how I came up with that on the spot, but there you well, go. Well, De La Soul is a great band, so there you go. Yeah. Well, there was like a, there was a Fresh Prince episode where he called himself um, something De La Ghetto. And then there's also a YouTuber named Timothy De La Ghetto. But he then recently changed his name to his actual name, uh, which is like Tim Rangaratsu or something like that. And so Tim Tim is now Timothy De La Laguettes. Uh Remember, we're streaming Predator Hunting Grounds today. It's kind of funny versus kind of funny at 3 p.m. Pacific time on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. And of course, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy, the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, we have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily. <laughs>